Uh, hello, I'm Allison Truge, and welcome to Most Important Meal, the podcast where we talk about facts about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. No, that's the wrong podcast. Oh no, I messed up! Alright, so listen, go out, live your life, party like there's no tomorrow, just know that there's always a breakfast sandwich available the next morning if you need it, okay? I can't believe we have Chris Morocco on the podcast. No, we don't. That's just a recording from YouTube from the Bon Appetit Test Kitchen. Yeah, we would never accept an invitation like that. No, we would absolutely accept that, invi- <laughs> would absolutely accept that invitation. We just got to, you know, get big enough for us to be noticed by our Bon Appetit buds. So that I can... Uh, launch into my complaint that you can't read so i have a subscription to bon appetit Mm -hmm. and you can't read it on an iphone well you can't read it on the iphone because it's a youtube series you can turn on the captions (laughs) and read it but oh wait are you saying they do some sort of prince thing too i was literally just talking to somebody recently and they were like i don't know what bon appetit is are they like a media company and i was like it's a magazine (laughs) They just happen to have a YouTube component now. Yeah, they really like did the pivot to video well, and it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what'd you have for breakfast? Happy Valentine's Day, sweets. Happy Valentine's Day, Brian. Um, I was going to ask what you had for breakfast. All right. I will say that for breakfast, I had a uh, an espresso and a croissant from Tate, a uh, local chain of Boston coffee shops. I think they're Boston exclusive. I think that they are only in Boston right now. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would say if I had done that like I had planned, but I overslept and went straight to lunch and I had a pizza. Brian... This is a podcast about breakfast food, and you knew that we were recording this this morning. Yeah, but I was I was late, and I was like, "Well, no time for breakfast. It's time for za." I so for for breakfast you had pizza. That's the answer to the question. I mean, if you want to spin it that way, in my mind, breakfast it was a really tasty, just light croissant and espresso. Perfect. <laughs> so, wait, what kind of pizza was it? Where was it from? <laughs> it's my Chicago sadness pizza for when I miss my friends from Chicago. Uh, you, I, I get deep dish from Uno. It's not good pizza, but I eat it when I miss my Chicago friends. So there you go. That's a shameful thing that I do. Me, oh, Brian Hamilton. Like like our friend Quinn who makes Do by Friday. She makes Do by Friday. With her own bare hands. Well, and, and a tablet. Yes. And a Wacom tablet. We should get everyone else in on this joke. Um, every time, <laughs> every single time that Quinn comes up in conversation in our house, which is often because Quinn is like Brian's best friend and is like a huge friend of our lives, friend of the show, friend of everything. Um, every time Quinn comes up, our roommate James will be like, oh, Quinn, she makes do by Friday. Because when Quinn was visiting, we kept introducing her that way. And Quinn would be like, no, I don't make do by Friday. I just edit do by Friday. <laughs> and so it's become like, well, Quinn is like the sole producer of do by Friday. And she also is each of the three hosts. It, yes. It's a really incredible act of voice throwing work. But also I'm sure if you ask the three, <laughs> the three co-hosts of do by Friday, they'll be like, yeah, we couldn't do the show without Quinn. Quinn uh, right now has started screaming and she has no idea why. <laughs> And when she listens to the episode, she'll know why. What do you have for breakfast? Oh, I don't eat breakfast. Okay, so you're making fun of me. I know that. (laughs) But I know you ate a breakfast this morning because I saw you take it out of the fridge and zip off with it to work. Okay, so my my breakfast today has a backstory. Um, So those are the chimes for backstory mode. 
Um, Backstory mode. Would you like me to uh, continue, or are you done? Continue. Thank you. Ten, nine, eight. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm being Bill Hader and Scott Pilgrim. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, that's delightful. Um, okay. So, last week, we had a really great show with our friends Donnie and Jordan, um, and they had a lot of really cool ideas for breakfast that I had, like, never thought of trying before, and we're definitely going to get around to making, like, all of them. Like, there was an oatmeal bake that was talked about. There was kind of, like, some roasted veggies with an egg scramble kind of a thing. Um, but what I've been most interested in recently are smoothies. Um, so for a while, and I talked about this on that podcast, I was trying to figure out how to do a smoothie without actually blending it in the morning because the blender that we have doesn't have those little like, um, single serving cups. So like in order to make a smoothie in the morning, it's like a whole thing. And the one thing I hate more than anything in the whole world is cleaning a blender at any time of day but especially like before I'm going to work like I know it just will not happen for me if I'm blending my smoothie in the morning and also I go to bed after every person in our house and we like live with three other people so what I definitely don't want to do is blend a smoothie late at night and wake everybody up um, and then like refrigerated or freezer or anything like that. And I've also done freezer smoothies where like, let's say it's like a Sunday afternoon. I make a big batch of smoothies and then I freeze them and then defrost them the night before the morning when I want to drink them. But that requires planning. So enter me doing research on how to do smoothies that don't have to be blended. It's a whole world out there that is drenched in fitness culture because the only way you can really do this is with like protein powder. But I recently was, uh, I, I came across an Instagram ad and like instantly bought this thing. It's a company called Oats Overnight. But babe, don't you mean overnight oats? <laughs> Here's the thing. There are like three videos online about Oats Overnight, this service. And in each one, uh, one of the following three things happens. Either... I mean, in all of the videos, even the ones where the company sent the YouTuber, like, the product, they call them overnight oats and not oats <laughs> overnight, which is what they are called. Oh, no. And also, I saw a video that is, like, the most, like, viewed video for these for these things. And the guy thought that it was, like, overnight oats in that, like you prepare the oats overnight and then you eat it with a spoon, which is like not what it is. It's a smoothie. <laughs> they give you a blender bottle to drink from with no spoon. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So what oats overnight is, is it's like packets of what is essentially instant oatmeal, um, but it has some other stuff in it. Like it depends on the flavor. They have a bunch of different flavors. They have non-dairy options and dairy options, um, like whey protein or like whatever other proteins are out there. Um and so it's a packet of, like, flavoring kind of stuff. It's it's kind of like, I think it's mostly organic ingredients. Um, but it's, like, rolled oats that are very, like, finely milled. Like, they're, like, pulverized a little bit. Um, but not a lot, but a little bit. And then there's, like, flax seeds, chia seeds, any of that kind of stuff. Um, a couple of the flavors that I've eaten have been, like, a chai thing that have caffeine in it. There's a blueberry cobbler one that has, like... Um, dried blueberries in it and it's pretty good 
you take these packets and you empty it into a blender bottle that they send you that comes free with your first order, which is really cool because it's a nice blender bottle, like a blender bottle brand blender bottle. Um, blender bottle brand blender bottle. Babe, you should have done your uh, <laughs> your vocal exercises before we started the podcast. Apparently, you should have as well. Um, <laughs> oh, sick bird. So they send you a blender bottle, and then you're supposed to empty the oats into the thing. You're supposed to add like eight ounces of milk. And then shake it up and then put it in your fridge and then in the morning, like, shake it again and then you have a smoothie. Um, so a couple of issues with this. Um, so the first night that I made it, I made, like, a chai tea latte kind of a thing. And there is indeed, like, a fill line on the side of the bottle. Um, but because of displacement, so the line just isn't in the right place because I realized this the next morning because... I like put in the flavor packet and then I put in eight ounces of milk, but because of, or I thought it was eight ounces, but because of displacement, it was like only half that amount. It was like probably half a cup of milk. Um, and I like blended it up and it was like way too much. Like it was yummy, but it was really, really, really sweet. Um, in a way that I'm just like not used to anymore. Like I eat a lot of baked goods, but I basically don't eat added sugar in anything that isn't like a baked good. Um, so I was just kind of overwhelmed by it. I ended up actually, um, getting coffee that morning and then adding it to the smoothie to like thin it out, which was actually really good because one of my favorite things is a dirty chai, which is like, um, chai tea with coffee in it. Um, so that was like a kind of a success. The next night I tried to do the same thing with the blueberry with the correct amount of milk and again, it was just way, way, way too sweet. And I think part of this is that I was using oat milk. Um, the other thing I've discovered, okay, so um, I usually try to have around like 8 to 10 grams of sugar, if that, in my breakfasts. And each of the like oats overnights usually have anywhere from like 5 to 10 grams of sugar just in the packet. And then also like the milk that you add has added sugar. Like any kind of milk has added sugar. Like regular milk does like milk substitutes absolutely do like most of the time. Um, and Oatly is one of the brands where like they don't add sugar into it, but part of the process of them making the oat milk has them like adding sugar to it. So the, the end product has a lot of sugar in it. This is just a really circuitous way of saying, I was interested in trying an option that wasn't so sweet because it was like kind of messing up my whole day. When you are looking at the ingredients and the nutrition facts for oats overnight, do they recommend a specific kind of milk to compensate for like, is there like more accurate nutrition facts that you could use based on a recommended milk? Well, they say like you should use unsweetened almond milk, which usually has like, of all milks, like including milk substitutes and regular milk, it like is the milk that usually has the least amount of sugar in mm -hmm. it. Um, but I don't like almond milk. Okay. So and, they recommend almond milk, but you don't want to use it. Yeah. And this is kind of getting into the weeds a little bit, but like each packet of oats overnight is like around 300 calories. And usually for breakfast, I want to have more calories, like 400 or 500 at least. And so oat milk is a really good substitute because like... Oat milk, a cup of oat milk is around 100 calories and it also has like more protein in it. So I feel like it's just a really good balance of like add like a little extra oomph. 
Um, but almond milk like doesn't have a lot of calories in it. It's basically just like almondy water. I've said this for years. <laughs> um, so basically, okay, this is like a way circuitous way of answering your question about what I had for breakfast this morning. This morning, I tried making my own like oats overnight thing because Brian recently got a food processor for Christmas and we haven't used it yet. So I decided to, I took some rolled oats um, and also chia seeds and I was using a uh, like vanilla whey protein thing. Um, And then I blended it up. So I kind of made like a mixture. I also added some PB2 into it, which is powdered peanut butter. I don't think I would do that again because the resulting thing didn't really taste very peanut buttery. Mm. So it wasn't like worth it. Um, It was like extra protein, but at a certain point, like the breakfast that I ate this morning was like, (laughs) it was like 20 or 25 grams of protein. It was like a lot Um, more than I'm used to. So um, it was that. And then I, so I, I kind of like pulverized it a little bit. I think I might've gone a little far um, with the like food processing because it kind of became like an oat flour. Um, but then I put it in the blender bottle and then I added my own milk. Um, and I also added some frozen raspberries. You added oat milk. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. I added oat milk. Um, and then I shook it up and I had it this morning and it was really, really good, but it was also way too thick. Interesting. So I think I'm going to experiment with cutting my oat mixture and adding more oat milk. Um, and then seeing what comes of that. When you made this last night, you mentioned that the measurements you added to the cup looked like a lot more than a typical packet of oats overnight. Yeah. Even though it was the same volumetrically, it was probably still too fine. I don't think it was the same volumetrically. Oh, I thought you, when you blended it up, I thought you did like the same scoops of no. oats. Oh, okay. So here's what I did. Um, because there's like no recipe online right. for like how many oats they put in overnight. In I can't imagine overnight. why. It's probably a trade secret for them. Right. Um, so what I did, which is basically what my breakfasts have become, is I just take the same oatmeal measurements that I always use and just prepare them in different ways. <laughs> like I've made muffins using the same like overnight oat ingredients that I usually use. Um, clearly I've made overnight oats that way. But I was like, okay, so what if I just like did the same thing and then just blended it? Um, and it was just way too much for the container so i'm gonna experiment with the like ratios a little bit um if you're interested tweet at me and i can like give you the recipe for what i've been using i really really like it um it's a lot a lot less sweet um which is something that i super duper need um and actually today i mean the smoothie that i ended up making was definitely more calories than i'm used to eating in the morning it was like around like five or six hundred calories um, and I actually wasn't hungry until 4 p.m. after I ate it. Nice. Yay. So, uh, that was a pretty good thing because the other thing that I've realized about myself that I hate, it's taking breaks to eat. <laughs> I hate being reminded that I have a body. So wait, you don't like sweet things, but you're dating me? I, I don't get it. It's because you are so sweet that my tolerance for other sweet things goes drastically down. Oh, okay. So I'm too sweet for you to have regular sweet oats overnight, but sweet enough for you to stay with me because you like me. Yes. Interesting. I'm glad. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Valentine's Day. So we had, I had pizza for breakfast this morning. What did we have for dinner last night? So I sent Brian a video 
and I was like, we need to make this immediately. And it was uh, Bon Appetit's Chris Morocco making his own version of like a healthy-ish bodega sandwich. It was amazing. The video is going to be in the show notes. And oh my God, I am so glad this recipe and video exists. It's literally so good. And it was such a good dinner. And I can only imagine how good it's going to be when we eventually make this again for a breakfast. I want to meal prep it because in the video... So um, this is uh, a breakfast sandwich which with egg, cheese, a bacon substitute, which we'll talk about on an, uh, an English muffin. And at the end of the video, he says, listen, you don't have to wrap this like a typical bodega does in like parchment paper, but I'm going to teach you how to do it so you can eat it a little bit easier. And I saw that and thought, wait, we should meal prep this and like make a bunch of these in advance and have them ready to go. Yeah. And I feel like breakfast sandwiches are actually like a meal prep secret because I, I feel like one would think, and I definitely thought, that they wouldn't keep very well. But actually, frozen eggs are, like, fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with them. We made a big batch of breakfast burritos a few months ago that we froze for, like, a week or two. And they were so freaking good and yeah. reheated perfectly. I, like, couldn't believe how good they were. So this breakfast sandwich is by Chris Morocco of Bon Appetit, part of their healthy-ish line, which I really appreciate because it's not like, this is going to be a low-carb good alternative for your diet food. It's going to be, like, they replace the bacon with onion, but it's really great to see, okay, listen, we're still using an English muffin. We're still going to do eggs. We're still going to do cheese. We're still using a lot of butter in the eggs. I really appreciate the way they approach this recipe. I mean, I think the thing that I really appreciated is that they didn't use a lot of butter. They used one tablespoon for two sandwiches. Sandwiches. So, like, that's, like, a whole thing. That's, like, not that bad. That's true. The, the way that he described it was something along the lines of, like, yeah, listen, this is a tablespoon of butter, but it's going to be distributed across two sandwiches, so you're going to be fine. And I really yeah. appreciate that. I think we should talk about the components. Yes. So, uh, y- you take one, I'll take one, and we'll go back and forth, and we'll extemporize. That sounds like we're in love. <laughs> um, Happy Valentine's Day. Okay. So, the sandwich's base is a English muffin that is toasted. Uh, Chris Morocco uses a like seven sprouted whole wheat English muffin or something. We just yeah. use a standard English muffin. I, I can definitely vouch for the fact that like whole wheat English muffins to me are like not different than other English muffins. Yeah, the texture is very much the same and it adds a little bit more complex flavor. I don't think the whole wheats really mess with the um, taste of the English muffin the same way a whole wheat bread tastes like pretty drastically different yeah i agree with that assessment the egg part of the sandwich is my favorite kind of egg the very special way to my heart the soft scramble we've talked about the gordon ramsay eggs before this is somewhere in the middle um so the gordon ramsay eggs as a refresher are eggs cooked low and slow in a saucepan and you add butter and like cook it uh really really low and slow take it off the heat a bunch of times and constantly whisk it makes it really thick and custardy and delicious. And uh, previously, I'd been concerned about its sustainability as a sandwich egg. But the way that Chris makes it is a little bit thicker. He doesn't add any like cream or anything, and he brings it a little bit further. It was still definitely sandwichable, I think. Yeah, I think um, in my experience with scrambled eggs, I feel like the curd of the egg was a lot smaller, but it was still firm enough to hold up to the sandwich. Exactly. Um, okay, so the next part is cheddar cheese, right? You just use some, like, shredded cheddar? No, I did what Chris do- does in the video. I d- got a block of cheddar and sliced 
some off, put it on top of the uh, oh, the yeah. eggs, and melted it. I want to talk about the yeah. melting later because I did something special, and it's a little bit of a tangent, but I really want to get to the rest of this breakfast sandwich. So I I want you to talk about the onion because that I actually glazed over that, and I don't know what you did to it. So the very special secret life hack of this video is that Chris replaced the bacon in this traditional bacon, egg, and cheese bodega sandwich with a bunch of red onion that he tossed in oil and soy sauce and crisped up at 350 for a half hour. And the way he describes it is that it doesn't taste exactly like bacon, but in a sandwich like this, it serves the same function. He adds soy sauce for a big umami boost and used red onions for a sense of sweetness that you kind of get from bacon. It was amazing. Yeah, it was like out of this world good. It was absolutely incredible. Here's what I'll say. I loved having the bacon alternative that is not like a fake bacon. And in the future, I could see myself doing the onion and some bacon. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Like the bacon, the the bacon, the onion bacon, because he calls it onion bacon in the in the video. The onion bacon is so good on its own and it's not trying to be bacon. And I think we've talked about this before. The way I feel about substitutes of different foods for, you know, going meat-free or um, going gluten-free or any sort of thing like that, it should stand on its own and not try to mimic the original thing. And I feel like these onion bacon uh, bits, not bits, they're slices, uh, worked out really, really well, and I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I love that part of the sandwich. The way that he makes it is you take an onion and you slice it just in half and then push out all the rings and it looks like a bunch of onion rings on a sheet pan. And then you toss it in some olive oil and soy sauce and salt. And as they go into the oven and crisp up a bit, they soften and they get crispy where they make contact with the pan. And I think that's what's special about this that mimics bacon in the sandwich. Yeah. Texturally, it was more similar to bacon than any other substitute I've had. Exactly. You have the tender bits that weren't touching the pan. And then you have some crispy caramelized bits that really got a lot of heat. Yeah. And there's the the tiny little bits like in the middle of the onion once you get like past the big rings and you get very thin, tiny, little, tight rings. Those got extremely crispy, and we ate those separately afterwards, and they tasted exactly like bacon. Yeah, it was so good. They were really good just by themselves. So the sauce was? It was uh, hot sauce, olive oil, and basil. Yum. So good. Uh, it was really good. I used uh, dried basil from a shaker because we didn't have any fresh basil. I'm going to put a pin in that because this summer I want to grow basil in our garden because I never want to buy one of those freaking little plastic things of basil that goes bad after three days. I want to have limitless basil. And we'll definitely be doing that. Absolutely. But the sauce itself was really good. In the video, Chris uses green Cholula. Uh, I used red Cholula. And he thins it out with olive oil, which was really, really good. It's a spicy sauce, but it also has that really great feeling that coats your mouth that you get from olive oil and mixed together and then put on the English muffin. It was to die for. Yeah, I loved that very, very much. What did you do special with the cheese? Hee <laughs> hee? Um, I had no idea that you did this. So at the end of the video, Chris uh, assembles half of the sandwich with uh, the bottom half of the English muffin, the eggs, and the cheese. It is a sliced block of cheese, so it's unmelted. Puts it under the broiler for a few minutes and then takes it out, and the cheese is all melty and delicious, and the sandwich is heated through, and then puts the top bun on top of it along with the onion bacon. I started using the broiler a little bit, and I thought, wait a minute. I don't want to sit here and babysit this pan under the broiler that I'm scared is going to burn. So I used 
my new favorite toy, another thing that I got for Christmas. Wow. I got a Searsall, which is a... I knew exactly what you were going to say as soon as you started this. It is a blowtorch, you know, a standard like kitchen blowtorch for a uh, creme brulee or something. No, just a standard blowtorch. You know, people use blowtorches in the kitchen. Just a standard fire thrower. (laughs) No, it's not... Just a standard once upon a time in Hollywood... Just like Chris Baruni. Oh my God. I did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I'm really sad about it. Um, but I did not have a Leo DiCaprio uh, flamethrower. I just had you know, your typical old kitchen blowtorch. Uh, this one is a little bit more industrial because it uses like a camping thing for butane, so it's a little bit bigger, but it still does the same function. It's a uh, blowtorch. And then you add the sears all to the end, and what it does is it distributes that flame over the course of a bunch of like pieces of metal and sheets of. Um, mesh more surface area for the flame you turn it on let it preheat and your blowtorch goes into this thing and what it becomes in the end is a handheld broiler like the broiler inside your oven the little hot thing at the top that you go and it uh winds up crisping up stuff you have one of those in your hand and you don't need a whole ass oven for it terrifying i don't like picturing you doing this it's so terrifying and i love scaring my roommates with it because they're like oh my god is something burning oh no it's just brian's blowtorch (laughs) (sighs) Uh, truge loves living with me and what i did was i just i searsalled the cheese onto the egg so I took the partially assembled sandwich with the egg and cheese, put it on a sheet pan, and blowtorched it. And it looked like the most beautiful, bubbly, hot, melty, gooey cheese I have ever seen. And I was able to watch the entire thing and have complete control over it. I was able to do it in about two minutes, all four pieces. So I also toasted the top buns with the oil and hot sauce in it and got it nice and toasty and warm. I love this thing. It's very niche. It's very geeky. It's very dangerous. I can't recommend it to we almost should, anybody. We should do a whole episode talking about breakfasts we can make with the Searsall and only the Searsall. I want nothing more than to have a internet reason to play around with my new blowtorch. Do you think that we could... So what if I assembled a quiche and then we used the Searsall to cook the quiche? That would result in... Deliciousness. No, it would not cook the entire thing so think about a creme brulee right it is custard with sugar on top that you blowtorch and make the sugar crispy but the custard underneath is still creamy that's like a sears all but instead of a blowtorch it's like a whole broiler on top okay wait hang on i think i'm thinking through this okay so what if there was like a metal box okay that had it was like surrounded by sears alls oh my god do you think we could put the quiche inside of that box and then cook it for an extended period of time, and then it would cook all the way through? Well, I mean, that doesn't sound very viable. I feel like if we're going to do that and build a metal box with a bunch of Searsalls in it, we need some heat on top, too, almost like a um, like a grill, but inside with some fire in it. Well, yeah, I mean, there would be a Searsall on top, there would be two on the sides, there would be one on the bottom. Okay, so it's only in the box that gets hot. Can yeah. we control the temperature to any specific, like, yeah, Fahrenheit? Yeah, I think you should be able to to do any kind of temperature. Awesome, awesome. And then there's, like, a door on the outside okay. so that, you know, it's Okay, not so not hazard. all six sides have Searsalls. We need one side open for the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then on top of it, 
I feel like it would be a really good place to put like some like burners. Oh, oh, like the indoor grill I was talking about. Okay. Um, wait, did we just invent something new? Yeah, I don't think that I've ever heard of anything like that before. Oh my god, I'm so excited to build and patent this and become billionaires. How do you feel about Uvin? I I feel like the vowel could be a little bit different. Maybe Avin. It should be Avin. Because, because it's a bunch it's of Searsalls. It's yeah. horrifying. <laughs> no one in my house likes the Searsall, so we're going to put six of them together. Anyway, that's how I melted the cheese. <laughs> and then Chris Morocco, um, the thing that I think I would want to do in the future, even if we were just cooking the sandwich for dinner or like, you know, to eat immediately, is that he wrapped the sandwich in parchment paper in the way that they do at a bodega and then cut it open so that it keeps the sandwich together. I do feel like that's a really good idea. And in the future, I would want to try it and see how much better the sandwich holds together. Yeah, because some of the egg fell out and it was falling out the back. And I feel like the parchment paper would really help in keeping everything together. Yeah. And also, like, I don't know, there's something kind of special about, like, eating a sandwich that's covered in parchment paper. Exactly. Hey, I love you so much. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's? Okay, let's take it from the top. Uh, one more Happy time with feeling. Happy smimes. Okay, th- that's the wrong consonant. Happy balanbimes. Okay, so you almost got most of a word, but it was the wrong word. It sounded like you were going to say balance. Dallenbines. Happy Schmalenschmines. Happy Shamrock Shake Day. Okay, um Happy Siri, can you please help me debug this uh this Happy truge? Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Oh my god, <laughs> Siri actually responded. I did not say hey, including that word. I just said the name Siri, which uh I'm kinda shocked actually picked up. <laughs> 